Good morning. A couple of weeks ago, some of you would know, I gave a report that I was going to head over to the States to Los Angeles in California and to Phoenix in Arizona. So I'm going to share a little bit about that trip this morning. I travel with a group of pastors from all over Australia, which we'd never met together before. Most of them, I had no idea who they were. So when we met in the Hotel of LA, that was our first face-to-face meeting, but such a fun group. But before we get into the real reason of why I was in the States, I want to share a couple of the touristy things I did, because they were really fun. So when we're in California, one of the famous beaches over there is Santa Monica Beach with Santa Monica Pier. And we had the opportunity to hire bikes on our day off and ride from Santa Monica Beach to Venice Beach, which if you've seen any movies with beaches from the States, these are probably the beaches you've seen. Everything you imagine in America was there at that beach. It was just a classic experience. So much fun. I had the opportunity to go to an American baseball game and witness the Los Angeles Angels versus the Boston Red Sox. And apparently, very unusual game because there was three home runs struck in that game. Really good game to go to, lots of fun. Then in Phoenix, we got to play top golf, which I don't know if you've heard of that. I am extremely, extremely bad at golf, so so many laughs about my my shots and my hits into the field. As you can see, one of the guys there just having a good laugh at me. So much fun. Had the opportunity to experience classic American shops like Walmart, went to Bass Pro Shop, which is a ginormous camping, fishing, hunting store in America. We got to go to restaurants like Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out Burger, the Cheesecake Factory, all classic American experiences. Awesome. And everything you imagine. The food really is supersized. The drink portions are huge. Their small is our extra large, things like that. Big shops, everything large. So much fun. But these things aside, that was not the reason I was over there for this trip. That was just a bonus. I was over there on a study tour, which was funded by Churches of Christ, which our church is part of that denomination. And we visited in that time 12 churches over 14 days. And so the majority of our days actually looked more like this picture on the screen. Sitting in rooms with pastors, with leaders, with church executives, with staff from churches in Los Angeles and Phoenix, six churches in each city. An amazing experience. I love hearing what each of these leaders were sharing, what their experience is like. We got to ask them questions about how do they run a Sunday service? What is their vision and mission for church? How do they do discipleship? What does church governance look like? All sorts of questions and sit there for hours with these guys sharing and hearing the vision of these churches in the States. And I know that each of us that went on this trip came home with that fresh expression, that fresh hope of what God is doing even across the other side of the world. These churches range from all sorts of denominations, from a church with a Mennonite heritage to independent churches to the equivalent of the American Churches of Christ, our equivalent here. Independent churches and people, sorry, church sizes from about 800 people to mega churches, one of them reaching 30,000 people on a Sunday. Mind blowing. So amazing opportunity to sit with these guys who lead those churches. But one of the notable things as we were sitting there talking and discussing all things church was as these leaders shared the impact of COVID on the church in America. 
the impact of COVID on people's faith, even in the US. So what we see here in Australia is not unique to us. The guys in the US are facing exactly the same issues, the same struggles as what we are here. People not coming back to faith. People not coming back to church. People actively walking away from faith. People not living out faith. And there is real grief attached to that. Grief over each person that decides to step away. Grief over each person that decides to not reconnect with community. It's in the US. And we see that here in Australia as well. And I know personally, I have that grief. I have that grief over every single person that moves on or who walks away. It's real. And I know in talking to a lot of you, you guys feel that too. Grief over this season that we've been through is real. One of the pastors on this trip said that the last three to four years in his church leadership, and this is a guy who's been in ministry for I think it was about 40 years, has been the hardest in his life. And he said it's probably the hardest in the history of the church, what the church has experienced during the COVID period. We need to allow ourselves to sit and process the grief of what COVID has done to our faith, our churches, and the church worldwide. Grief is always there. It's always part of us. But we can't stay in that grief. We can't stay there. We have to move forward. And it's time to move from our loss, our, our mourning, to a new hope. Because God is not done with his church yet. And as churches, as I heard leaders processing what is happening over there for them, as these churches are coming out of this COVID season, the overarching theme I saw across all 12 churches was a theme of courageous faith. Courageous faith. Courageous faith is infectious. It's encouraging. It's hopeful. Because we can see as we step out in courageous faith, the move of God. And what I saw there was something that I want to keep in my heart, that new fire that God put there on this trip, that we need to step out in courageous faith. We've we've had a time of mourning and we need to do that. But now is the time to step up. God is calling us to courageous faith, capturing the vision of what God is doing as he continues to build his church. We are coming out of one of the harder seasons. But God is not finished yet. God is not finished with church all around the world. And I have a fresh sense of what God is doing, what God is building. This is his church and there is more to come. And the exciting thing is that God is inviting us to step up with him. He is inviting us to be his hands and feet more than ever. And when we do that, we get to share the blessings When we step out and we talk about Jesus with those around us, we get to experience the joy that they have when they see Jesus for the first time. When we step up in courageous faith, we get to be part of what God is doing in the bigger kingdom. That's exciting. He's inviting us more than ever to partner with him. Courageous faith. Do you believe that God is not finished with us yet? Do you believe that God is moving? And do you believe that God wants to use you? Now, our church here at the Lakes, we have an amazing heritage of being generous, faith-filled followers of Jesus, of being a community that loves and welcomes those around us. That is our heritage. That is our legacy. 
God has used our church, meaning you and me, not just the leaders, you guys, to show people around us who Jesus is. And we want to continue that legacy. God is not done. He is building his church. And a couple of years ago, through a process of community discernment, God gave our church a vision. And this vision is to love people and invite them to join us in a growing relationship with Jesus. And he gave us the, the vision to be devoted to lifelong growth, to be a church of healthy relationships, warm hospitality, that we walk with the wounded and we introduce people to Jesus. And this mission and vision is more important now than ever because God is asking us to step up and have courageous faith and to live out that vision that he has called us here as a community to do. Stepping out when it seems crazy. Stepping up when it seems impossible. Stepping across when you just don't know what the next move is. Courageous faith. I saw it in the US as the pastors were talking, and I see it here in our church. Now, as we read the Bible, this theme of courageous faith is not new and unique. It is right there across every single story we read. And this morning, I want to briefly look at the book of Nehemiah. And this book is in the Old Testament. It's a short book, and it's quite easy to miss. But this book is about a man who stepped out in courageous faith and led the community of God. So I want to give a little bit of a quick background into the story behind or where we're up to for this book. So the Old Testament is a book about the Israelites, God's chosen people. They had been given this promised land by God and they were living there for a lot of years. But in this point in their history, they had been overtaken. The Israelites had been captured and had been exiled out of their homeland by a, a nation called the Babylonians. So at this time, Nehemiah is steps up. We find the book of Nehemiah. He is in exile himself. Jerusalem, Judah has been destroyed. The temple of God has been destroyed. The wall around the city has been destroyed. So for about 70 years, the Jews find themselves in this situation where they're away from home, when they're captured, when they're not free to worship God. But then a new king comes into power and he allows these Israelites, these Jews, to go back to their homeland and they start rebuilding Jerusalem. They start rebuilding the temple of God because back then the temple of God was so significant. It was the place of worship. It was a place here on earth before Jesus where the physical presence of God dwelt. It was the place of community. It was the place they would bring their sacrifices. So Jews had gone back home and started to rebuild the temple. But then there's still trouble. There's no walls to protect the city. And this is where Nehemiah comes into the story. There's nothing known about Nehemiah until we meet him in this story as an adult. He's an adult serving in the enemy's royal court as a cupbearer to the king, King Artaxerxes. Now, he wasn't a ruler in Israel. Nehemiah wasn't a priest. He wasn't anyone insignificant. He was just a man who loved God and loved God's people. He would have been a slave in a foreign land, a slave in a fairly privileged position, being the cupbearer to the king. But he also had to sip all of the king's drinks before the king drank them in case they were poisoned. Risky job. And Nehemiah wasn't in Jerusalem when he heard about the news of his homeland, that they were still in trouble. But when he had that news, he was compelled to do something about it. So let's read from Nehemiah chapter 1. It says, 
These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hasselah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. So Nehemiah, like I said, heard about the news of what was happening back in Jerusalem. And it's not great. His homeland was in trouble. But the first thing that Nehemiah did was wept, prayed, mourned, and even fasted. He was so moved by what he heard, moved to grief. Now, our situation today isn't the same as what we're reading here in, in Judah. We aren't in exile. Our city hasn't been destroyed. We don't need to rebuild walls, but we have been through a pandemic And in some ways, it feels like over the last three to four years that a lot of things have been destroyed. Relationships, things like that. And it feels like so much has been taken away. So much has changed, probably more changed in the last three to four years than ever. Now, Nehemiah's reaction in his situation was to be on his knees in prayer. And even more in fasting. What about us? Are we deeply moved by what we see around us? Are we deeply moved by the state of the church in the world around us? And how do we react to those changes? Does it force us to our knees? Does it force us to our knees in prayer to God and asking him for help? Now I hear bad news, bad reports, concerns all the time about the church in general, about the state of the church, even about our church. Things like, why are we struggling? Where is so-and-so? This isn't what it used to be. What is happening? How do you respond to that? Do you stay in that, that kind of wondering, that grumbling? Or are you on your knees in prayer? And how does courageous faith come into this? How is that relevant to this? Well, we'll see Nehemiah in the next chapter spring to action he wasn't just on his knees in mourning. He, he got up. He was compelled to move. But right now, are you willing to come to God in your grief, your pain, your mourning, your questions, your grumbling, and commit it to him? Now let's keep reading Nehemiah's story. Chapter 2. It says, Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city my ancestors are buried in is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, how can I help you? And with a prayer to the God of heavens, I replied, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Nehemiah was compelled 
He heard the news. He was on his knees, but he got up and he had courageous faith. He didn't stay in his grief and mourning. He moved to action. And I believe that the time is for us as well. Now is the time for action. Nehemiah wasn't considered a leader. You might not consider yourself anyone important. Technically, Nehemiah wasn't important. But he did what God was calling him to do. Courageous faith. He wasn't even, out of his own accord, able to get up and just go to Jerusalem. He had to ask permission for the king. Imagine approaching the king as his slave, saying, let me go. His life was in the king's hand. Who knows what the king would have done? Potentially the king could have killed him. He could have imprisoned him. He was trusting God in this situation and said, I am so compelled by my call and my, the call on my life that I am going to risk everything and I am going to have courageous faith. But he was terrified. Verse 2, then I was terrified. Now we can read these stories these, throughout the Bible and forget that these are real people with real emotions. Nehemiah was terrified at the thought of stepping out in courageous faith. It wasn't a simple request. He was asking the king to release him so he could go back home. Terrified. And when God is compelling us to step out in courageous faith, that is exactly my experience. I can guarantee every time that God has said, ask me to do something that seems risky, I'm terrified. And I have questions about it. I go through all the thoughts of, did I actually hear from God? Did I, did I hear that correctly? What if I can't do it? What if I look like a fool? This is too big. This is beyond me. I don't have the skills. It's too hard. And there are things on my heart that I'm processing with God right now that I am terrified about because I think those exact things. Why me, God? I am not qualified. This is too big. I can't do this. Nehemiah, then I was terrified. But this is courageous faith because he stepped out anyway, stepping out into the unknown after praying and committing it to God. And this is the theme I saw across all of the churches as, that we visited in the US. The theme of courageous faith, that God is not finished with churches yet, that he is building and that he is making a move and that we can be part of that. And it's not just that courageous faith is something in my heart that I don't want to lose that fire, but this is something for me that I don't want to just remember. I have to action. Don Wilson was a pastor in one of the churches in Phoenix in, the, in Arizona and he shared a story about going out into the out, very, very outskirts of the desert of Phoenix, beyond the city. So if you've ever been to Phoenix, it's an amazing city. It literally is built in the middle of the desert. So here's Don and a friend driving out to this property, to this land, and there is absolutely nothing there. And he walks up to the hill, the hill you see on the screen, it's got a cross on it now, right at the very top. And he's there with his friend and he says to his friend, what do you see? And his friend replied, I see desert, which was very accurate. There was cacti, there was tumbleweeds, there was a few shrubs and sand, nothing there, no houses in sight. But God had placed a vision on Don's heart and Don replied, I see lost people. He had a vision that his church would buy this land in the middle of nowhere at the time, on the very, very outskirts beyond the city, that this church would be, become part of a, a very um, 
a big suburb surrounded by houses. He said, I see lost people. I see people that need Jesus. I see people that need a church. So their small church bought this property, this land, in the middle of nowhere, built their first building and began to meet there. A crazy, courageous faith. Nothing out there. And I can imagine going through him and the leadership team going through all of those processes of what if the city of Phoenix actually doesn't grow out to us? What if we got it wrong? This is a lot of money to purchase land. But as they discerned as a community, they bought the land. And now they are in the middle of a lot of houses. And that is one of the, the largest church we visited in the States. 30,000 people attending and has reached thousands and thousands of people over the years. But courageous faith, standing on that mountain that day, saying, I see, Je- I see people who need Jesus. God has given me a vision. God is not finished building his church. He's not finished with us here at the lakes. And it's exciting, but also very terrifying at the same time. And he's asking us, not just the leaders, all of us, to step up and have that courageous faith. What do you see when you look around us here? If you look out the window, you might see a swamp, a creek, or some apartment buildings. But what does God want you to see? What is his vision? Let's quickly jump to Nehemiah chapter 4. Now, Nehemiah is in Jerusalem. He's there and with, he shared his vision and he's rallied people and they're starting to build the wall around the city to protect the city from attack and with the help of the king giving resources. But it's not all unicorn and lollipop. It's, it's not all easy going. There is serious opposition from surrounding nations. They're seeing the people of Israel rebuild the city. They're seeing the people build this wall and they're like, I don't like this. They're regaining power again. They're, they're showing us who this God is and we don't like it. And they came across opposition. Like anything, when we step out in courageous faith, we will more than likely face some sort of opposition. The enemy doesn't want us to have courageous faith. The enemy doesn't want us to take ground from, for God So we will come across something that will try and block us, that will try and stop us. And that's exactly what we see happening here in Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah was living out his compelling calling. And despite the opposition, this is what he says in Nehemiah chapter 4. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans, that God had frustrated them, we all returned to work on the wall. Remember that when we face opposition, God is with us. He is for us, and he is building his church. Now, God is not asking us here at the lakes to build a giant wall, but he's asking us to be his hands and his feet in our own setting. We are surrounded by family, friends, neighbours, work colleagues who don't know Jesus yet. And when we together as a church community work, following that courageous faith, stepping out and committing it to God, we will see God do amazing things. God is calling us to action. He is calling us to courageous faith, even in opposition. Commit it to him. Trust in him. Because God is moving. 
And that vision that God has given our church is relevant more now than ever to invite people to join us in a growing relationship with Jesus. When you're at home, in your work, in your neighbourhood, with your family, what do you see? Do you see people that need Jesus? And what does it look like for you to have courageous faith in your situation? Now this morning I have maps which are printed out and they're stuck up on the wall over here. And these are uh, suburbs of all around Cairns. So I want to challenge each of us this morning. This is the start of July. We have the whole of July to commit to praying for our neighbours, our family, our friends, our work colleagues, um, the students we are with. But not just to pray, but to walk and pray. Prayer walk. To walk around the streets where you live or street, or your neighbourhood, and your workplace, and your school, and to commit to praying for the people where you live. Now, if you can't prayer walk, there are so many options. You can prayer scoot if you've got a scooter. You can prayer ride, you can prayer jog, you can prayer drive, or you can prayer sit if walking isn't an option. But let's just say we're going to prayer walk for the sake of this message. Prayer walk around your streets. Pray for your neighbours. Ask God to make a move. Ask God to use you. Ask God to give you eyes to see people. And as part of this prayer walking, as part of praying for your neighbourhood, ask Jesus, who can I share my faith with? Take that step of courageous faith because sometimes sharing our faith takes courage. But this week, this month, as we, as we commit to prayer walking, who can I share my faith with? Who can I ask or invite to church? And if you want to commit to this prayer walking around your neighbourhoods, there are tables there with pens and little red stickers. I encourage you to write your initials on a red dot and stick it roughly on the map of where you live. It doesn't have to be exact. And if you're visiting and you still want to do this in your home community, we have a map of Australia. Just stick it on there. But commit to prayer walking for the month of July. And we're going to leave those maps up all for July to remind us of our commitment to prayer walk, to Ask Jesus, who do you want me to invite? Who can I share my faith with to step out with? We also have a private Facebook group called the Lakes Church Community Group. You can search that up and join that. And on that group during the week, I'll make a few posts. And it's going to be really encouraging to share with others what God is doing as you prayer walk. Share, how did God use me today as I stepped out in faith? I'll write a few posts, but courageous faith, as we talk about it, as we encourage each other, is contagious. God is making a move. So use that Facebook page. It's called the Lakes Church Community Group. Search it up and join and see what others are doing as we step out in courageous faith. So Bridget and the team are going to come up and during this last song, get up, walk over. It's okay to do that during the song. We'd love you to do that during the song. And if you want to commit to praying over the month of July for your neighbours in your neighbourhood at prayer walking, grab the sticker, write your initial and stick it on. So let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you are moving, that your Holy Spirit is moving in our churches. I just commit the church across the world to you. Commit our church to you here at the lakes. That we can step out like Nehemiah and have courageous faith. Jesus, I pray that as we prayer walk, as we ask you, who can I share my faith with? You will bring opportunities along. That even despite of being terrified, even despite being fearful, that we will just step up. 
that you'll be with us and guide us in those moments, that we will be, see fruit from our actions. Lord, use us, Jesus. You are not done with this church yet. And I pray that you will rebuild and keep building what you have here, that we can have that legacy of being people who love Jesus and invite Jesus into a growing relationship. Jesus, thank you so much that you are not done yet, that we can trust you, that you give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen.